Yeah, people keep popping. They sure, they certainly are. They can pop in as we go live and all that stuff. I just wanted to introduce myself. I don't think any of you guys know me, but uh, I'm Kingsley Edwards. Aaron. Aaron. Hey, how you doing? Hey, John. Hi. Oh, are are you here for? Is uh, Kingsley joining us or? or He's at a doctor's appointment. He asked me to just kind of step in, um, but he'll be on as soon as he gets back. Oh, that's cool. I mean, happy to have you. Yeah. I just want my, I I, I show my pretty face. You know? So Kingsley, you're better looking anyway, so it's no problem. So I was, was going to say that. Oh, he's the rating. I, he's the rating. I hesitated to say that. I'm yeah, glad. I, I wanted to say hi too. Uh, I'm Jeremy Kaufman from Library. It's, uh, hey, thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for hey. Hey, nice to have you. I'm. Uh, who knows who else will? I know. Uh, hey, Ricky, can I just test my audio real quick? Because I lost internet, so I'm on my phone. Is can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear your phone audio. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Thank you. And who is it? That is that? That's Richard Andrew Grove. Oh, Richard. Was He's got a who? giant phone behind him. Oh, <laughs> or, wait. He could be really tiny. He could be very tiny. Let's you know. I have true. That's true. I could be. I could be tiny. You, you Thanks, sound JB. like um, Ernest Hancock most of the time when he's on the show. Why are you in four by three, Richard? Just everything went down. Uh, I'm just using my mobile and I flipped the camera around on Zoom. So I've never done a Zoom call. I usually okay. use the cameras and the microphone in studio. Gotcha. 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 So if you can hear me, but if the audio is not clear, like I can get rid of the headpiece. It, it's uh, clear enough. It's not as good as your microphone, but it's how good. How about this? What's up, uh, Sam? How we doing, brother? Hey, guys. How are you? Good to be here. Excited to see everybody. And, uh, you know, super excited yeah. to have a conversation with everybody. Is this better audio without the headset? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, equal. Monica, oh. how are you? I'm great. How are you doing, Sam? We got to do some more stuff together since you're near. I know. Since there's absolutely no talent in L.A., I'm here at the exact right time. I, I know. Like you moved here. You already break. did a gig at the comedy <laughs> store. You're crushing it. I'm not even a comedian. I know. You're like, oh, <laughs> fuck this store. That shit's that's, easy. That's <laughs> Next stop, Staples Center. There you go. Mike, you want you want to give it a try? We'll, we'll try. Go, we're go. we're live, man. I mean, no theme song. Let's just roll into it. We got everyone here. Everyone's introduced themselves. Uh, no, hey, me- no point. Yeah, here we go. We're live. We're live. Yeah. We're Bill O'Reilly live. fan right here. I just we'll a- do it live. So can we make our big announcement real quick? Should we oh, say wait, well, wait, wait till we're live on my channel? Oh, I thought we're live. It says well, we're we live are. on YouTube. We're, we're actually attempting to do uh live on both channels. Multi-streaming. Oh, this shit. is a Look simulcast. Back up. Wow, Super welcome to dangerous. 2016, everybody. Multi-streaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a different time. Oh, it was. You know that Giuliani thing is still going on. Was anybody else watching that all day? Guys, how is? Oh no, I haven't watched that today. Dude, it's. I mean, he's. He's. I think there's still ten more witnesses to go. Last time I checked, I mean, it, it's pretty absurd that the media is not covering any of it, no matter what you believe. I mean, they're now having eyewitness after eyewitness after eyewitness come up and talk Nathan, about. Some there is shit. no. There is no evidence. There's zero evidence. Yeah, I know. And Leslie from <laughs> sixty minutes CNN. will tell me that there's no scandal with Hunter Biden, even though. His Johnny Wang dangles out in front of a 14-year-old girl, and he's smoking crack. 
while making crooked business deals with the Ukraine and China. Uh, I know that that was a meth pipe, everybody. I want that. As a former drug addict, I would like it cleared up. That was, in fact, a, a meth pipe. And he was in he, and he was in Oregon, so it was okay. No, it's interesting. I mean, but is is this all by design? That's the whole thing. Is this chaos? I mean, I just got done talking to Whitney Webb. If you really want to go black pill, talk to Whitney Webb. She'll put you in a nice place. And uh, she was wonderful. It was a wonderful conversation. But, like, they've been running simulations on this forever about just chaos and trying to get everybody to um, lose faith in the electoral system we have, which it seems to be happening. But I also believe in humanity, and I think people are really – getting over all of this. I think they're tired of it. I think they want like, oh man, they're gonna riot, they're gonna riot. I think people are like, I'm not gonna riot, dude. I'm I'm tired of it, man. Dude, I'm, okay, Matthew says I'm wrong, but it's possible. Oh, I mean, no, I think you're right, man. Okay. I think you're right. I, I, I think that people are overcoming it. Uh, I, I mean, I in my community, it, man. in my community, people are basically saying, well, this is go back to normal. There That's why some, they have to make you think that Biden won so that they can get the left to go bananas because they really weren't going to let get the right to go bananas. Look, the right isn't going bananas. I just no. think also that like, I don't, I mean, like if you want the left to go crazy, why would you just fucking start parading all these like Godzilla monsters that you want to have on your cabinet to scare the left? Cause I think that stuff, and listen, I'm totally cool if this is all theater. I totally get it. But it's like, that is just, like, people are just like, oh, dude, you're just a piece of shit too, which we all knew. Yeah. But for some reason, people just, I mean. Yeah, but Sam, you're like, talking about a base that today was tweeting out that Rand Paul is a puppet of Vladimir Putin because he dare say Fauci should apologize for what he's done to children and the school systems. Forget about apologize. He should be in prison. Prison, prison dude. <laughs> There's a firing line for that guy. I'll fight him for charity, dude. I'm not calling for any violence. <laughs> you know how I feel about that, Sam. And by the way, guys, why would you want violence? Why can't we just institute the Great Reset as kind of the new uh, Rikers Island for these high-level criminals where they don't own anything? Uh, they're surveilled all the time. There's a track and trace database system. In fact, we can tune in on a YouTube channel and go oh, to Dick Cheney's cell and watch him crying in there. I think that's the better way to go. You know, make an example by putting high-level people in prison and caging them up like they want us caged. I, know, I, I think we should convert. Watch them not commit suicide. Well, I did a story today, and anybody can look this up. It was on CTV about oh. a 90-year-old woman who is completely 100% healthy, and she hasn't been able to see her family for nine months. And rather than be locked down and literally, when it first started, she was quarantined into her room for two weeks on top of that. So not only are you going to lunch where they're putting up plexiglass, you can't talk to the people in your home anymore, you can't talk to your family, but we put you in basically solitary for two weeks. This woman, because it's fashionable in Canada, actually decided to take her own life and had a medically induced suicide, 100% fine physically, in front of her family so she could be with her family one more time and not be isolated for them for however when they say it's okay. I mean, that's the new deal, man. And you yeah. you got to remember, these are the same people that you can call them death panels if you want, but they were saying, you know what? Instead of giving grandpa that hip surgery at 76, give him a cane. Give him a cane. He's not rich. Fuck him. 
Like, seriously. Why even well, give a shit? As a society. What do you think is going to happen when, you know, Christmas rolls around and more than two households meet in California, <laughs> the city or county or whatever shuts off the power and the water of that house. And there's a guy who's on oxygen or needs a CPAP machine or, you know, something. And that guy, someone dies or gets seriously hurt because they don't have electricity or power. Hey, it's uh, what the military call collateral damage. <laughs> I think, you know, I think, Sam's be, yeah. right. I think Sam's right. People are waking up and I think, once that happens, once someone dies or seriously gets injured because the city shuts off their power, their water, uh, I think people are going to rise up and, and really just take it to the streets. Well, I Matthew. think the great resistance has to happen before then. We have to go occupy the halls of government, not just D.C. I like what Jones is doing on the 12th. This is bigger than an election issue, right? I, don't get me wrong. The election issue is huge. It's egregious. It's in your face. I mean, they put out an old man that didn't have to have rallies, didn't have to remember his name, was embedded in scandals <laughs> as a literal establishment puppet of the predator class for decades, for decades, and outward about it, by the way, not shy, shy about it at all, talking about crooked Ukrainian deals at the CFR laughing with Richard Haas. That's the kind of respect they had for us. Huge scandal. But other than that, I'm locked in my house still. They're making me wear a mask at the coffee shop. They're censoring every doctor, even that latest one who put out a paper published by Johns Hopkins. What was that out? 48 hours? 48 hours before they took it away? They're censoring former executives from Pfizer. The censorship has to end. We have to go storm the halls of local government. We'll bring Wi-Fi. If you're working from home anyway, bring your laptop. And we just work there until all of these things are done. We cannot acquiesce to anything anymore. Not masks not lockdowns, not your business shutting down. Mm -hmm. We, you know, they want to find you, rip it up, piss on it. Okay. Don't show up to court, make them arrest you, make them be the forcible monsters that they are, because this is the new civil rights movement. And if you're not willing to take a baton or a hose or get drug out, I don't know that you really want freedom, whether that's in the I United agree. States of America or anywhere else in this world. So the great resistance Do has it. to combat Do the great it. reset, and we have to say no to everything. <laughs> Matthew, Matthew, I think you're one. In, are you on two different uh, lines? Because I see you're down here, too. Um, yeah. Yeah, just in case I needed to share a screen. Now you're in three. That's great. You're wow. Oh, man, I like that. Hey, that did it, did oh, that's great! I'm I'm chasing now. <laughs> hey, did you guys uh, did you guys hear the new uh, rule that could allow for a gas and firing squads for you? I was just I was just about to bring that up. <laughs> what do you guys think about this? It's crazy. The Justice Department is literally going to expand yeah. execution methods, like firing squads, for federal death row inmates. Who, who who's going to be on that death row though that's the question we're all thinking it's going to be like yeah. these uh really uh these evil fucking psychopaths but that might be like a drive through of like getting rid of a dissent okay next up boom, 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 boom. next up turn and burn yeah that's when i got off the death uh -huh. penalty is that like uh, even if you're guilty because treason and like certain drug trafficking and murder are all capital offenses so What's treason when the people who are making those decisions don't recognize the Constitution anyway? Well, not just that. Those people are themselves are treasonous. Didn't so. I see a headline about Canada getting auto guillotines? Auto guillotines. I, <laughs> I would love that. Are we going? Are we going? Ah, uh, la revolution. 
<laughs> is that what's happening? You don't remember what happened during the French Revolution? There I was a lot of yeah. uh, uh, a lot of elites that uh, had a bad day. I think hey, maybe hey, the if idea they bring was it to out, flip it though. Yeah, if they bring it out, I think they'll wake people up, man. You know, I don't want violence. Yeah. I don't want violence to anybody, but. No. Our, our politicians aren't afraid of us, and that's the worst thing. There's no fear because yeah. there's no ready. I mean, when was the last time an honest, the God, like elite got in trouble? I think it was like the Iran-Contra affair, and like they had a patsy for that, and maybe Scooter Libby, but that's about it. Well, well did they give him a spot on Fox News, too? Yeah, and he's running the NRA. Like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Chris Hedges talks about this, about how there was a scene. He wrote about the scene in his book from back in the 60s when when Nixon is in the Oval Office with Kissinger and they've put buses end to end all the way around surrounding the White House because there's people out there that are freaking out and they're trying they're they're about to, you know, riot. And he said he said that in the White White House, you have uh, Nixon saying, Henry, they're going to come and get us. They're going to get us, Henry. They're going to come and get us. And he said, that's exactly where you want them to be mentally mm. at all times, that you want them to feel as if there might be repercussions for their action, that, that the people might actually come and get them. And they don't feel that. Politicians yeah. do not feel that. They don't fear us. They don't fear repercussions. They don't fear uh, the Department of Justice because it's totally corrupted. They know they're not going to go. They're not going to see any real time. Uh, and we, the people, have been way too passive. I'm not calling for violence, to be clear, but I am calling for for them to look over their shoulders before you know before they do something shitty to us. But the 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 way they have uh, been acting for the last forty years has been. That they know that there's nothing that we're going to do to them for the things that they've done. And until that changes, I don't think we should expect any sort of real results from the politicians. Well, let's get into something uh, specifically because all the things we're talking about, starting a revolution, getting people angry, that's only possible if people can actually get the information, the truth, because if not, they're brainwashed. And, uh, and that's kind of like the focus of today's show is how do we, as content creators and people who are trying to get this information out there, how, you know, what are our options, what are our issues, and what are our, our, our alternatives? And, uh, and that's why we have Matt with us today. We have Aaron and we have Jeremy and maybe some other people who might join, join us later. But uh, for now, do you guys uh, want to jump in in regards to some of the work you guys are doing in regards to giving people like us, content creators, a place where we can spread our information, spark ideas without any censorship? Yeah. I mean, for us at Float, creating a censorship resistant platform is super important to us. I mean, watching so many of, of you guys, I mean, good friends of ours, their incomes just slashed and people just being censored left and right. I mean, you can't even say, take vitamin C on YouTube anymore. Um, yeah, we. I mean, coming on onto Float, like we really just wanted to give creators a way for them to a monetize as much as they could and keep their monetization instead of giving YouTube 30%. Um, but we wanted a place where people can, can share their ideas and share their opinions and, and basically cultivate conversations about what we're going to do to move things forward. Um, it, it's to keep using these legacy platforms is it's like going back to an abuser. Um, you know, so for us, we really just want to encourage people to, share their ideas, share their skill sets, um, you know, so people in the same communities can get together with those people and say, hey, if I pull my child out of school, 
you're 10 miles down the road and you're a teacher, you know, like let's, let's build like these micro communities and, and basically help each other get out of this indoctrination camp of schools, get out of this way of like this information war or sharing ideas and opinions on Facebook and then getting censored and kicked off. So there's no place to share your thoughts or opinions or um, concerns about the world. So uh, yeah, so I think, you know, just getting onto platforms like Library, Odyssey, Float, Gab, uh, those are just so super important. Uh, just as an aside, we are streaming to float.app right now. And uh, I, the, the people over at Float, I've been testing out streaming and seeing what can take bit rate-wise from my servers. And they are very accommodating and very easy to work with. The interface is very easy to use. for people. So, so if you're looking to stream to a platform, Float makes it incredibly easy to do so. Thank you. That's yep. all I got. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's awesome that, that you're doing that. Uh, and because, uh, uh, you know, I, I agree completely that we need to be uh, finding and using um, alternatives that have better policies and that are, are more respectful uh, to us as individuals. Uh, so I'm, I'm here representing uh, Library uh, and Odyssey. Uh, so odyssey.com uh, has become, I think, uh, the, well, we, we think it's, uh, it's not an alternative, but the successor. Uh, you know, these, these platforms have become, um, they've become uh, very corporate. They've become very controlled. Uh, you know, the creators who are starting now, you know, you, you're not going to get big on these, on these platforms anymore. Uh, and so if, if people are looking for, an, um, for, for something uh, that's a little bit more respectful than, than YouTube, uh, there's an incredible roster of creators that are using odyssey.com, including a number of people uh, here, uh, as well as some, uh, some really, really big names. Uh, so you can check out the odyssey.com homepage and, and see all of that. And part of the reason that we think uh, we'll ultimately win, you don't need to understand uh, all of this, uh, but Odyssey is built on top of a really revolutionary technology called library. Uh, and unlike pretty much everything else, uh, uh, certainly every other video uh, platform, uh, library allows you to uh, really have an unprecedented degree of, of ownership and control. Uh, we basically do to uh, publishing what Bitcoin did to, to money. So um, I'm here, you know, I, I, I've already heard things said tonight that, uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily agree with, but that doesn't matter. You know, like you shouldn't need to agree with the people who, who, who build technology to be allowed to talk. Uh, and I, I agree. Uh, I, I feel that very strongly. And that's a big part of why we're doing what we do uh, here at, here at Library and Odyssey. And another way that we're going to win is these platforms. I feel like there's hundreds, hundreds of social media alternatives out there and none of them are working together. And I want to work with you, Jeremy. I want to yeah. build things. I want to build things float in library and Odyssey. Like I want to take us to the moon. Like I want to collaborate with all the platforms that are out there that are combating the censorship online. And so that's the way to work together. That's the way to, to win is to work together and to collaborate and to create things that circumvent the way that things are going. Absolutely. Yeah, complete, completely agreed. And we're, we're very favorable towards that. Everything we do uh, is, is open source. Uh, and uh, even uh, in terms of the things, the things that we've built, um, you know, we had hundreds, several hundred people uh, contribute to our software last year, and most of them didn't work at the company. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think that there are a lot of people out there who are, I mean, everyone here, right? We're all motivated. We all share this, um, we all share this idea that uh, we, we need uh, alternatives.
And that's where <clears throat> my company is coming in to try to help all of you. Uh, we're content safe. What we do is provide media redistribution services. Uh, we're presently helping redistribute about 10 content creators to uh, Float, BitChute, Library, and a half a dozen other um, alt media platforms and social media platforms. That's huge. Uh, and I know it's one of the big complaints. I've been talking to content creators about this idea for a few years. One of their biggest complaints is, oh, great, we've got all these places we can take things to, but we don't have the time to do more than one or two. We'd rather be focused on creating our content. And what I did was visualize this, make it into a reality where we have a scaled architecture that we can redistribute to hundreds of platforms if they exist. Nice. What's the name of your platform? Content Safe. Content Safe. Okay. Content let's so, talk. Yeah. Real quick, yeah, real quick. I'd I also to. want to uh, introduce Jamie from Rockfin. Uh, I've been blessed to be working on Rockfin, and uh, I've had nothing but a wonderful experience there. And um, I think it's a. I love their what they're doing there. They're they're a paywall service. Uh, well, they have a paywall service that is like competitive with uh, Patreon, and uh, I would love to hear from Jamie and tell you because I'm really thankful for the the and I know that um I know that a couple guys on here are on um, Rockfin, and I I know that they're very happy with it, and you know I I I'm like Paul Revere, I'm like yelling to anybody get on multiple platforms. Uh, what well, Patreon's great because that's where everyone goes, but you know, you got Subscribestar, you got and Rockfin, and I re I'm really happy with Rockfin as a paywall site, and I think it's got it's a it's what and, and Jamie, you can jump in here, but I I believe it is um I believe it's kind of like the Netflix model where you pay one fee for a bunch of uh, uh paywall sir, and I think that's fucking brilliant man and i tell all the guys here you know I, I know rockfin wants big names there i'm working with them as the other people are on the site to get bigger names on there but also some of you guys in the alternative community who are ha who have a smaller following i personally think rockfin is a great place for you to go because you know i've seen people that d d have done jimmy door show and they get on the they get they there and they got they get a big phone because people know them from Jimmy Dore. So all the Jimmy Dore people f start following there. And I I think Jamie's got a great idea. And I love everybody's platforms and I would love to be on all of them. I think Matthew's idea is fucking great and probably is a game changer that will help us push back. But, you know, I'd love to hear from Excellent. Jamie, too. Jamie, you, you ready or you, you need a second? Yes. Sorry, I'm in the car. So it's a little dark. Here we go. Yeah, shady. Hey, um, that's how we like it. <laughs> I know it, it totally looks shady. Um, so first of all, thanks, Sam. I appreciate it. Uh, the reason I joined this call is I, I did wanted to learn more about content safe. I, I agree that that's a feature that's been asked by some of our creators. So I wanted to kind of hear the high level. And if, if there's interest, then I would take it offline with him and, and see how we can integrate. I would love some that, of, dude some of his technology into ours. So that's that's the reason uh, that that I joined. Now, awesome. uh, the, the last thing I'll say is, um, I, I don't really like the word alternative platform. We're building a 
billion dollar platform we're not here to be an alternative to anything we're here to be the leader on monetization of content so i know in this world in the alternative world the the main goal for for a lot of people is to put the truth out there and, and i love that uh for us we're not just uh politics or or conspiracy or, or whatever we have actually most of our content is is on sports um so our, our main goal is that when a creator joins that they're able to monetize the content better than anywhere else and um yeah that that's pretty much it that's all i'll say but yeah originally let me back that up jamie because without jamie and them contacting me i think not even a year ago, right? Some, somewhere maybe about 12 months ago, somewhere in there and saying, hey, this was a platform that I could actually monetize my content. Now, I've been or, uh, demonetized completely on YouTube for eight plus months. This platform is the only reason I was able to move to Iowa. This is the only reason I have money in the bank account right now for any kind of an emergency. And it is an ingenious platform in the sense that, number one, um, it, it's great that Float lets you go live. BitChute still doesn't. They're, they have that. Then, like he said, this is sports-based content. So this is actually started by an entrepreneur named uh, Martin Florani. If you know what Flow Sports is, if you're a guy like me, it's instant name brand recognition. Number two, people like Ben Askren, uh, people like Duke Rufus, people big in mixed martial arts, niche things like wrestling, not pro wrestling, but actually high school and collegiate wrestling are huge there as well. And then it's alternative media. So you don't have cat videos. There's no cooking tutorials. Right now, it's a niche thing. And I've been able to take my audience of 59,000 people at YouTube and convert that now to over 8,000 followers there. On top of that, the paying subscribers that are now coming through with the way they pay, which is also brilliant, an ERC token that they're burning versus the money they're taking in every month, every time they swipe that $9.99, and the content that people are watching, that's premium, who you're bringing in as well, and maintaining them is better than a one-to-one -one right now because obviously Ethereum's going up, Bitcoin is going up. So what does that mean one-to-one? -one? Let's say I had 10 subscribers paying uh, $9.99 a month, right? So that's $100 that would come to me, right? That, that's just a, a thing. I'm getting more than that $100 if I wanted to cash out immediately. Now, by not cashing out immediately and actually believing in this network, I believe that the ERC token uh, that they're using, the Ray token, will actually grow. It's it's highly different than what, you know, I've talked to the guys at Minds, and, and don't get me wrong, all these alternative platforms, like you said, are great, and you shouldn't call them alternatives, but this one is based in actual currency. It's happening now, and it's not just for everybody to come in. So I'm just telling anybody out there right now that does have an audience that is worried about being completely deplatformed on YouTube, like I am, that wants to... And you can put everything out for free, too. Like, I want to make that very clear as well. It's not like you're forced to monetize your content. It's just overall an amazing platform. And Jamie, thank you so much, man, because I wouldn't be sitting at this desk at this nice studio, um, you know, with my family upstairs screaming and hollering without you. Yeah, I just wanted to, to chime in. We're not, ex uh, Odyssey is not exactly in the membership class, but it does offer uh, CPMs that are comparative or higher than YouTube, uh, also paid in cryptocurrency. Every, all the, all the platforms here, all have super strengths and they're very important. And I love that, you know, Aaron was like, I want to work with Jeremy. I think that's important because I think that we need to spread our, our, our content everywhere. And if, if, you know, it's like 
James Corbett said on the first Union of the Unwanted, if we're in one place, it's easy to control us. If we're all over the place, so sh we should have Float, we should have Rockfin, we should have Library, we should have all these places, and they all have wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, opportunities for alternative creators. And I think this show today, and I got to say, Ricky, you did a great job booking it because I am, I am loving this conversation, man. This conversation is wonderful. And to me, everybody that's here is like, man, this is historic shit right here. And I think if we all do more of this, we have more conversations like this, we can create something that bangs with YouTube because YouTube's going to become uh, the, the mass singer of websites. Just where the dumb go to fucking clap, okay? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. I mean, we got, like, what the people we have here today, we are all blessed to be talking to them, and they're talking about their platforms, and, and, and Matthew, with his system, is a game changer. So, the three, the, the, the three websites here, and Matthew, this is historic, and I'm very thankful that and, uh, Ricky and, put you and, on no, it, It's good that you brought that up, Sam, because I think... I look at these platforms and I think that's great. Let's not call them all platforms. Let's call them platforms. I look at this as a transitional step. What we at Content Safe imagine is we're going to go beyond these hosted platforms. We're going to start teaching and encouraging and providing services so that people can move out to IPFS and any other future technologies that might become viable. I personally don't think that technologies like IPFS are viable at the moment, but I do think they some technology like that will be viable in the near future and it will provide that there won't need to be platforms. Sure. I mean it will just be it's it's library yeah. and eight million people watched the video via last yeah. week right like we already provide the user experience it's people don't even know right most people don't even know they're using a, a web 3.0 technology when they yeah. interact with library because we don't put it at the front it's a normal experience but it's backed by something that's fundamentally radical mm -hmm. uh in terms of the amount of uh of control and censorship resistance it offers so the people on the call who are content creators do you guys have questions i'm sure you have some questions for some of these platforms would you guys want to I would like to ask one, if I don't mind, then I'll shut up for a little while. Uh, as we see, you know, we have people, we've seen what happened with BitChute. All of a sudden, they, they get knocked offline. They're dealing with this. To the people who have um, websites that you're dealing with uh, or um, you have your platforms, are there anything, you're, are you taking any precautions to push back against these things of so they don't knock library or float or, or rockfin offline is there anything you can do well we take a sort of two-tiered approach uh so odyssey.com is the equivalent of coinbase coinbase follows all of the laws around bitcoin odyssey.com is is in time is intended to be a mainstream brand um it'll be have better policies than youtube has but it's a mainstream brand and it's it all follows the law uh, library desktop is a is a peer-to-peer -peer client uh, that doesn't uh, require our company to use and interact with the network. So you can use a completely peer-to-peer -peer version or you can use the sort of centralized version and there are different trade-offs between uh, you know between using both of those and they have some some different properties. So basically you have this one that's very, very resistant that people can always have access to. You have one that's a little bit more convenient, but um, you know that that has to make certain pragmatic choices. 
I, I actually really love what you guys do over at Library in this regard. I think you guys do it really, really well, and it, it should be almost like the model. Um, you know, for us at Float, you know, we are centralized. Um, however, decentralization is a huge priority of ours moving forward, um, as well as having many, many copies of our, of our server, uh, many, many backups, um, you know, but moving forward, like we really do want to decentralize and whether that means putting it on blockchain or moving on to IPFS, uh, creating as many nodes as possible, uh, distributed nodes as possible. And, you know, that's our, our end goal. So that's how, you know, we plan to combat that. Yeah, and I actually um, want to emphasize as the decentralized guy here, like I think I think Float and Aaron, like these are very pragmatic choices. Like we've, the, the honest truth is we've moved towards more centralized with stuff like Odyssey because centralization does a lot of things that people need. Um, and so, you know, you, you want, um, I do think these, the decentralization is very important and it needs to be there. But the honest truth is if you want to have mainstream reach, if you want to be able to reach a lot of people with your content, um, you need to have people need to be able to just go to a website and click play. Right, yep. exactly. It needs to be easy. That's the exactly the issue with decentralization. It's just usability. Uh, it's compromised right now, and I hope to see that be fixed over the next five to ten years. Yeah, uh, and and I think it will be fixed. I, I think yeah. that we won't need that in ten years. But uh, I think Jeremy's right. I think right now it's just a pragmatic decision. And I've had this discussion with other people who do distributed technologies. Uh, and Jeremy, you guys, I must say, I've reviewed your architecture. It is kick-ass. Really <laughs> Thank, yeah. Thank you. Thank uh, you. And it's it's um, I, actually the biggest, you gave us really the biggest compliment, which is you integrated with us without talking to us, uh, 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 which means that we've uh, we've done it correctly. Uh, yeah, though I would love to have a discussion with you guys <laughs> offline because there are certain things that could reduce maybe some obstacles that we run into. Hey, yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, I'm I'm a big I'm a, a big supporter of what you guys are doing uh, as well. Our whole thing is you know we're not every everyone else's strategy is like we want to secure you and then we want to like lock you away. We want to trap you, right? And that's that's the opposite of our approach. We're not trying to trap everyone. So we love. Um, this, we love all kinds of different integrations and collaborations. And, and, you know, I guess this brings to light one other topic. I don't know if we want to do it now or not, but one no thing I've noticed, and I think you guys do a pretty good job about this, and that is search. Search in these platforms is a problem, and it's mm -hmm. something that needs to be kind of addressed. Like, look at BitChute search. Yeah. BitChute search is not quite there yet. Um, in, in general, actually, the discovery in general to even broaden it, which includes search, but also things like recommendations, um, mm -hmm. machine learning, mm -hmm. um, training. Which we algorithms. also plan yeah. to do as yeah. well. We're planning maybe 20, 2022, integrating our own recommendation engine that would go cross-platform. In fact, sorry to interrupt you there, Jeremy, but uh, I hope some of you who are closer to my age might remember Metacrawler multi sort of search engine thing yeah we're actually yeah. got that in the works to build a meta crawler across the different platforms so that that's something that i really would like to see happen as well cool. i've been wanting to do a social media roundtable for months now i just haven't had the time to put it all together but i, I would love to just kind of create our own little social media roundtable where we meet privately or publicly or whatever and we just discuss how we can integrate and help one another <laughs> In fact, Aaron, I've got some ideas I'd like to throw over your way that I've been doing work for some people in different industries uh, for business social networks, and we might share some ideas. 
Let's do it. Um, maybe uh, something to to shift the discussion a little bit. Um, a, a lot of the problem is not just technological. It's not just product. It's it's social. It's mm-hmm. uh, expressive. It's communicative. Mm-hmm. How can we all do a better job? Um, you know, let making people aware of the problems that uh, the, uh, the, the traditional platforms have, um, helping, giving people the tools to, um, to move part of what makes it hard is like you, people are very established. That is part of why these platforms become so entrenched is like they have this weight to them and it's hard to, it's hard to step out and it's hard to step away. Um, how can we do a better job in this area? Well, uh, I think float has kind of started that process um, by being able to import your Facebook data. Um, You know, like it's it's the most difficult thing, as you mentioned, to pull people away from these platforms because their families are on there. That's where their content has lived for over 10 plus years. And it's just exhausting to go and save each individual photo and video and blah, 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 blah. So we've actually created a way where you can download your Facebook data in JSON format and upload it onto float. So it'll actually collect all of your data within, you know, you can separate the time periods, but it'll post your uh, posts, videos, and your uh, images and dock it over to float. So I think that's a good way to at least, you know, say, Hey, listen, if you don't want to sit there and waste hours saving content from Facebook and then uploading on the other platforms, just, download your data and do it all in one fell swoop. So that's like, that's the start, uh, at least for us. But, uh, you know, it's just, I think, honestly, I think Facebook is doing our job for us. Uh, And, you know, with they're censoring stupid content, you know, just like stupid Mm -hmm. little conversations, jokes people make. Uh, You know, I I think Kingsley was joking around with a friend and uh, he just wrote like, oh, I'll cut you. Facebook's like, oh, st- I got to stop you right there. Can't say that. You know, like <laughs> stupid shit, man. So I think they're honestly doing our work for us in that regard. Uh, I don't know about you, but my Facebook feed is all about, hey, what's the alternative alternative of the week? Where are we going to go? You know, like, oh, I'm on Gab. Oh, I'm on Parler. Oh, I'm on Library. Uh, it's just like a mass freaking exodus. So I think people are, are done. They've had it. They may be done. I'm a creator. Uh, I do a little programming here and there in Python. Um, uh, so I technologically, I can wrap my head around some of what you guys are doing. Um, but as a creator, YouTube is very comfortable because it's it's on my mobile device. I still stream there. It can, it can feel kind of scary to leave it because it's so convenient to search what you want. And it usually typically will come up. So for me, as a creator, I still want to produce things for YouTube, even though it is restrictive. I don't get promoted the same way I did five years ago for the same type of content. Um, so it is kind of scary to leave that. Uh, I do most of my research and media consumption on my phone. I listen to YouTube. I don't. I mean, I use it basically as my radio to listen to podcasts on YouTube. Um, if a library starts to have that capability, I'm there. If Float has a mobile app, I am, I'm there. Rockfin, uh, I love Rockfin. Uh, if they start to have a mobile app with that capability, I am there. Uh, yeah. BitChute is, you know, BitChute's nice. It looks like crap, though. The UI is garbage. <laughs> and they have to know this at this point. Yeah. And it's important for people to report that so they can at least kind of take, 
take that criticism and cater it to what their users want. And I think that looking at it like we do, we kind of dig into things in mm-hmm. order to be able to integrate. And there are some fairly simple things that BitChute could do to make it a lot better. Yeah. And it wouldn't take a fortune to do it. Well, well let yeah. me say so, this. I, uh, I, oh. I, I just think that the biggest obstacle that nobody's talking about and really needs to be addressed is the fact that you have big tech collusion. Let's not you know, act like that's not a thing. YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, the three largest platform, openly collude against Gab. They uh, openly collude against alternate alternate video platforms like BitChute. You got to understand your growth at some point, even Parler, right? I'm hearing so much about Parler. Well, that's because they have some big names and big money behind it. And but what's the chatter? Oh, well, I'm just saying the chatter on people that aren't, you know, um, aren't aware of the censorship or enjoy the censorship really, or buy into Russian collusion, for instance, they now think this is a platform like Gab is for white supremacists and Nazis. And if you're on there, you're a Nazi and a white supremacist. They take it further when you're on Twitter and you try to click one of those links and you get it like you're going to a third rate porn site that's going to scrape your info and it warns you not to go there. That's a huge issue when you're talking about 80 to 90% of the full traffic of the internet being run on these three sites. So that's what I would also say is unique about Rockfin is it is not necessarily dependent on traffic from those three sites to gain awareness because it is like a Netflix for creator. You know what you're going there for. If you are a paid member, you know why you're paying. You're paying for that creator, but you get everybody's content. I'm just saying that the Big tech collusion is probably the number one obstacle. Everybody is going to come up. You got to understand, we're talking YouTube again. I've said it a million times, but it's not only the largest video platform in the world. It is the second largest search engine under the first largest search engine, which is, of course, Google, under the first largest operating system in the most hands in the world, Android. And they openly work with NASA on AI and quantum computing. You're not dealing with a traditional techno- uh, uh, technopoly. This is a big deal. And I think that if we're ever going to reach that next level where, hey, your neighbor is on any of these platforms we're talking about and it's just a normal thing, we have to address that, fight it, and somehow win. Yeah, I I think that we need to stop saying it's necessarily about free speech. We need to make this more nasty sounding. This, This is about monopolization of media and I, that's what I've taken to explaining to my more normie friends that they say, well, why would they want to censor people, content creators that make cooking videos? I said, because they want to all have about absolute- control. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think there's a, it's all about control. I actually think there's, there's an even easier, I, uh, uh, you know, which is someone has to make the choice, right? So do you want Mark Zuckerberg to be making that choice for you? But you don't, I don't need to prove to you that don't need to argue about the specific choices. The choice has to reside somewhere. Who do you want it to reside with? You know, why would, why are we, when we distrust what Mark Zuckerberg in every other context about our information and every, now we're trusting him to decide what anyone gets to watch and, and read and these kinds of things. And so I think when you put it, that's of all the ones I've explored talking to people, that one gets it to click with just about everybody that, oh, someone has to decide. And why would I trust these people to decide for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to go back to address uh, how Rockfin handles the question that um, Sam, uh, I think number one, as, as all of you mentioned, like we're very paranoid, right? Because right now, when, when, when we become the size of something, they're going to come 
after us. And that means, oh, we can shut down 200 creators at once. Great. Right. So then, so we could come very paranoid and, and we see it. Our strategy is essentially how can they come after us? So one point of attack, I think Flo said, we backing up all our data and, and what's called also containerized so that if we move, if we need to move from one cloud service to another, we can right. do it at the click of a switch. So that's number one. Because I think, you know, Jason, you mentioned three, I would probably, you know, at some point, Amazon's going to get in the game and, and start shutting down their cloud services to whoever they want. So that's number one. And number two for us is the payment side, which we know people have been banned from PayPal and, and, and merchant accounts and so on. And so that one is easier because that one you can just have multiple merchant accounts and again if one doesn't like you then you shut them down maybe you pay a little bit higher fees to the next one but then you use that one and so that that's how that's how rockfin strategy is being completely paranoid making sure that our points of attack have a backup back plan b plan c mm -hmm. have, plan have you guys uh have you guys thought about actually having a uh you know uh, everybody gets together and uh in the you know the media space that you guys have right now like library everybody is creating their own data center i built data centers uh, like i'm a telecom technician by trade so cool. uh, have you ever, guys ever thought about like doing something like that collaborating because you need everybody together because if everybody's not together it's hard to you know create actually a big data center that you guys could benefit on, on and then build upon you know later on it's just a thought I would love us to do that. The, that would work great for us. Uh, co collaboration, cooperation, providing some uniformity of API so that we can shunt data between one another. Uh, the potential for distributed search. I mean, I think it's a win for everybody. I mean, that, that's kind of, the, I don't know about sharing data per se, but the reason I joined this call was to see what these guys have and understand it more and maybe look more into it tomorrow and then have some conversations because collaboration is key in getting um, stronger, as you mentioned, but it's also uh, getting better quicker, right? So if, right. if they have a technology, sure, I'm sure like our engineers can build it, but if they can continue doing something else that's more important to our core features and and not, and, and their core feature is one feature that our uh, creators exactly. have requested then why not why why would we spend time on that when we can collaborate on that yeah it, it works the same for the content creator as well as the platform if we can provide you with something that eases you to focus on your primary mission that's what we're here for we don't intend to be a media platform mm -hmm. yeah i think convenience one thing that we touched on is very important like mike said uh, I think you're much more likely to get somebody to leave iPhone and go to Android or vice versa if they can just if because there's an easy way to transfer that information like that simple thing will prevent somebody from going to a different platform just like the convenience so I think what what Aaron said the float thing of like having your Facebook information go right to float and not having to upload everything all over again I think that's kind of what you, you were you were saying you can do now uh, makes life a lot easier. I think an app. I mean, I it's super easy just to put in a URL, but it's a little bit easier to just hit a you know a little icon on your phone. And people are lazy. We find the path of least resistance. So if we can cut a corner, we will. And I think the YouTube thing does have the convenience on their side. But I think uh, to be the devil's advocate, 
the convenience isn't going to be as important as the fact that you can't find anything anymore on YouTube. Nothing interesting. And it's getting to the point where like people like myself who research and been researching for a long time and, and everybody else on this call, you could go down some rabbit holes on YouTube and using Google or whatnot. Now you can't. You can't find anything. I mean, you can't. You, you can't even find the content creators who are on this call on YouTube or, or Google, even if you, in many cases, put in the exact title of the show. So I think people more than ever are looking for alternatives and they, they've gone so far. I remember Ben Swan saying this on my show, like they just overplayed their hand where it's almost like they went too far where now people are like, listen, I like the convenience, but you went so far that fuck the convenience. I, I now I'm like, uh, you know, it's useless. You have a useless platform. If I don't like somebody mentioned it, unless I want to look at cooking videos or how to videos or whatever. But if you really want to learn something and listen to something thought provoking, you're much more open to going to a rock fan or library or BitChute or whoever it may be. Um, or use float because you do have, and that's the thing with parlor. I know there's a lot of conversations about um, where they're getting their money or whatnot. And who knows if parlor is going to survive or people, it's going to end up having the same issues uh, Twitter had. But I think it, it just, it, it shows you how, how much people really just want alternatives because parlor, you know, people jumped on a parlor just because they heard, Oh, this is the Twitter without the censorship, you know? So it's just it's just one of those things where I really do believe we're we're at this transition where people are finally fed up and and not just open to alternatives, seeking alternatives. Yeah, I think the user ability thing also plays a huge role. I mean, it has to be intuitive. Uh, that's something that I think I really underestimated when we started Float is just how important intuitiveness is. Uh, it almost needs to like, what's the word? it needs to have that feel of like existing social media because I can't tell you how many, how many nights I've stayed up to like 4.30 AM just helping users figure out what this button on float does, what this button on float does. So like really having a very intuitive platform and a good UI experience, God, mm -hmm. it's like so underrated. Completely, so, completely agreed. Other yeah. content creators, Tim, Tease, Richard, uh, Truthzilla, uh, any of you guys, Charlie? I can speak up for content safe. Um, so my name is Richard Grove. I've uh, done long form podcasts since 2006. I've made films. I've uh, got thousands of hours of content out there. And I'm still monetized uh, outside of YouTube. I am monetized on YouTube, but I don't use it because I have other offers out there. And um, I've been working with Matthew and content safe since before they created it. His original thing was people were getting censored. Here's how to prevent their content from getting lost. And I said, that's a good pitch, but it's a fear-based pitch on loss. What I need as a content creator is I want to upload one place and put it on YouTube and BitChute and Library and Float and uh, Rockfin. I've applied to Rockfin. I'm a Burmese referral, but I'm still waiting to hear back. I don't know. Um, and he was able to facilitate that. So I would start getting emails it's like uh, something we uploaded a couple days ago has now trickled through to BitChute or Library. And so uh, we have a new podcast called Grand Theft World where we're taking everyone who's getting censored off these platforms, put them in one place. But we're also hosting that on Library, BitChute. When it's allowed on YouTube, it goes on YouTube. Uh, but content safe facilitating that so I can continue to focus on highest and best use of my time, which is teaching and dealing with clients and producing. And I don't have to struggle with BitChute crashing and going back and trying to re-upload because I wasn't willing to do that. Yeah. So 
it allows me to save time, be more productive. And that's why I think more people were getting interested in the past couple months. Because now it's the a thing. more I learn about, about content save, I'm like getting goosebumps. I'm like so excited. <laughs> I think it's such a brilliant little platform. Like, honestly, I, I really think it's what you guys do is very important. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to check this out and like talk to you more. Well, yeah. I, I do give connections that Matt needs to make because like he could get very overwhelmed very quickly. Oh yeah. So really, I think you know it's like Derek Bros, it's other people, colleagues of mine that are in the freedom community that we've said, hey, if you need this service, take a meeting with Matt. And I told Ricky in July, but he didn't really. But when I tweeted it last week, he's like, hey, can I set up a meeting with Matt? And then they talked for two hours the other day. So yeah, now's the time to get it everywhere and distribute yeah. it, not centralized. I was just I was just on a podcast with Jason Bassler, the co-founder of the Free Thought Project, and you know he's been censored. Just uh, can I curse on here? Yes, yeah. please. Okay, so he's just <laughs> no, been, this is a Christian censor, This is a censorship podcast. Don't do that. <laughs> fucking don't fucking swear. Just say earmuffs. Earmuffs. Right. Yeah, so he's been so like censored like a fuck ton, and you yeah. know like he actually told me that he literally posts across. 15 different platforms and it takes him majority of the day. Um, you know, so it's like, God, a platform like that will, that will help you do it and do it for you and make sure your content stays safe. And it's very, very content safe.co. And the other thing about content safe is because I do long form, if my upload doesn't work right, it's a, it's a longer process. So last night we did a four hour live show. I used some adult language, but then I didn't feel bad because we had a clip of, Whitney Webb with Jason Burmis, and boy, did they say fuck a lot during that clip. So that was really cool. And <laughs> uh, they dropped the word technopoly. So I had to pull out the technopoly book last night and get into the origins of the word and all these sort of things. So, JB, when I get that, oh, it's actually on YouTube Grand Theft World episode four, like two hours, 30 minutes, you're in there. Twice. Honorable mention. Good job. Tim, I know, yeah. I know you want to jump in. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, you know give a shout out to Library because I first heard about you guys probably four years ago on Ernest Hancock's show, who's another guy who's been you know pioneering and and I think I first heard about you know Matthew from Ernest Hancock's show as well and uh, and it really took me until this year to get on Library, but it's so easy compared to BitChute. I was I've been paying BitChute just to support them for like two years and I stopped even uploading to them about January. I just paid somebody to just upload all my stuff because I didn't. You know, one of my assistants just I just had them just upload everything back to BitChute, but it's just such a pain that you know I don't have time for that. So you know, BitChute is prioritized basically. Well, besides YouTube, and so what I'm trying to do now is come out with stuff actually to my email list first or text message opt-in list. I just did my first interview that where I did that with uh, one of the co-founders of SpaceX. And what I did is I had to go out in library first. And, and the, but in that video, I tell people that. So then when it goes out to YouTube and then when it goes out to Josh's BitChute channel, which is much larger, is directing people to library, directing people to email signup list. And I, you know, I wanted to see if Jeremy could talk to me a little bit more about like the web 3.0 aspect of it, because it, you know, it might get lost in, in our viewers and listeners who might have no idea what that means. But before I do that, I also want to give a shout out to Flow. I've been using that pretty much since day one. Uh, you know, although I don't use it as much as I should, but you know, it, they do make it really easy. They've been doing everything with like a shoestring budget. They're about to launch a token sale. I am a financial advisor, so I can't say it's just for informational purposes only. But you know, what, what they're doing right now is uh, I, I, I am pretty you know optimistic where they're going. But I think ultimately. And this is something that Ernie has talked about, Ernest Hancock, is if we had, because what I'd like to do is, let's say live stream, I think if we promote our own websites, 
have a you know a link to whatever live stream we're doing. So a Union of the Unwanted, November 30th, and then boom, have like a flow. If we could have like an embed of the live stream from like let's say flow, and then maybe when we're done live streaming, have that you know somehow go over to like a like a library. I'm not I'm not sure if that could be done, or you know having some sort of IPFS system where if the video is not live, we can then have it first hosted from our website and then have it go out to other places like in the long run something like that i think would be really good for the community I, i'm not a tech guy so i don't know what the capabilities of doing something like that would be but i think ultimately going like low tech is almost like the new high tech of getting our email list i recently switched off mailchimp because they took down dan dix so we need to make sure all of our email lists are backed up or text message lists are backed up or contents backed up so it's not just about the content it's about our people's information because I was very optimistic four years ago when I first started making stuff and it was strictly on Facebook and then overnight, boom, 99.99%, you know, reach reduction. And it was November 16th, 2016. It was one night, boom, just happened overnight. And so, uh, you know, I learned my lesson real quick on that and I was just trying to do things on, on the other platforms. But unfortunately, our, even our audiences don't want to go to other places. And this was now they're getting to that point, but unfortunately, the other places are becoming like the, you know, nothing against them, but the Dan Bongino backed platforms of, oh, we've got the Bongino report as a as a alternative to the Drudge Report. Now we've got Rumbler, which is Bongino's video service, and we've got Bongino's Twitter service. And, you know, all these guys that thought they knew everything, like they don't understand the bigger picture, which is the Web 3.0, which is if they can censor it, they will eventually censor it. And how do we make the content so that way it can't be censored? Then ultimately going back to low techs. I know that was a kind of a longer statement, but I wanted to see if Jeremy could uh, maybe talk more about the Web 3.0 aspect of what you're doing on the library side of things. Uh, sure, but before before I do, I also want to reiterate that Tim said it's very easy to use. Uh, mm. So before, because it, the Web 3 stuff gets nerdy, uh, and so that's and it's even easier what... to use before you get censored. So I know Sam's <laughs> not here right now, so I wish Sam was here because I told him this. I'm like Sam, before you get kicked off, not to manifest that into the world. Do it now because it's already there. Because once you're kicked off, it's going to be much, much tougher and you know, cost a lot more time, effort, and energy and money. So unfortunately, Sam's not here to hear this uh, plug right now, but I, I have told him that in the past. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, so this is actually why we launched um, Odyssey to make this distinction clear. So odyssey.com is, uh, is the successor to YouTube. All right, you can go and check it out. It's super user friendly. It will bring over your whole channel. It's all of the some a lot. It's all the things we've talked about in terms of the the user experience, just being there. The product works. It's on uh, as, when our iOS app comes out uh, in December. We will be on all five operating systems, both phones, all three desktop operating systems. Um, so it will be everywhere. User friendly app on every platform. Um, but all, what's underneath all of this is a technology called uh, Library that's um, uh, well, I, I mean, I would use the word radical in the same way that Bitcoin was radical or the same way that that, that uh, some earlier internet technologies, SMTP, which, uh, some people might not know, which powers our email, that's a radical technology. It lets me deliver a message to anyone in their uh, in their inbox. And our email addresses, we own our email addresses. If we At least if we want to do it at our own domain, we're not using Gmail. We own our email addresses. So we're trying to turn digital publishing into this kind of thing. We want it to be an open standard, not owned by any one company, not owned by us, right? The, um, I'm the CEO of a company. I'm not a CEO of the protocol. The protocol is an open standard, uh, just like the way that, that, that Bitcoin is. Um, I, don't, I can get very nerdy. I'm a nerdy guy. I have a computer science background and I can explain exactly what I mean by all of these things. I'm not sure that's where we want to go 
uh, on the show. Um, but that's, that's the fundamental property is that right, people understand that property with Bitcoin. I have my private key. I own this money. Uh, same kind of thing, but think publishing. This is my channel. It's mine. It's no one else's. No one else can come and take it away or delete it or whatever. All right. Um, that's the difference of, of library. So, so Jeremy, I've, I've had a lot of people try to get me on library and you just talked about how you can import um, your entire YouTube channel. A guy yep. like me, how super easy, easy is it super to import? Easy. Is it super? I have it's 1700 you, you could, plus videos. If you, you could start doing it right now and you would be, you would have the process started within two minutes and you would get an email probably in about two, well, 800 videos. I don't know. One to three days. It's just going to be like, it's done. So it's 800, so 1700 a week. Two Wait, weeks. You, you, I'm sorry. Did you say eight? Seventeen hundred. Seventeen hundred. I don't know. It's gonna take a couple of. It's gonna take a couple of days. Less than a week. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right, man. Well, you have you have nothing. You have nothing to lose because you just click a button and it just. Yeah, yeah. You're, the so, process I will mean, be initiated. The process will be initiated in in two minutes, and you'll get an email like every step of the way. It'll be like it. The thing is starting. The thing is done. You know. It's, that's uh, why I was telling Sam that you want to do this before you get kicked off because if you get kicked off YouTube, then it's gonna be a pay real pain in the butt to get your content over but here anything you put up on youtube automatically goes to library and it's just or odyssey so it's and actually it goes to both so if you post on library it then also goes to odyssey as well and it's that just was my question. Super easy. That yeah was yeah yeah so yeah uh, well the library are, is the, the library is this underlying network you think of it as something <laughs> like the federated web if you're familiar with that that kind of stuff um so library is this underlying network it's an open standard it's similar to ipfs if you think if you if you know ipfs although IPFS is not oriented towards discovery and following publishers and these kinds of things, which library very much is, but from a data infrastructure perspective, it's, it's similar. Yeah. Cause well, you're that's selling me on it for sure. I got to get in there. <laughs> that's kind of what, what got my attention with uh, what Matthew was doing at content safe was like Richard said, like, I want to spend more time podcasting, researching, doing, you know, creating content and not uploading on each individual platform. So, and then once I kind of, I think when Rich first told me about it, I didn't really get what the hell he was talking about. Maybe it sounded too good to be true in July. So I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? But uh, once I, I, we talked the, the second time, I'm like, wait, wait. So he does similar to what like your podcast host would do. You, you upload it in one place and then they send it to Spotify and iTunes and all the podcast apps. So you don't have to go through the trouble of uploading to each individual location. He does the same thing, but with video. And I'm like, Eureka, because I'm like, I want to go on BitChute. I want to go on, on library. I want to go on all float. I want to go on all these platforms, but the time it would take, you know, my limited time already to, to upload on each individual one artwork, you know, titles, links, whatever you want to put in uh, the show description. I'm like, it's so time consuming, but it sounds like library already kind of has that same similar type of technology. Uh, technology in regards from YouTube to library, right? You can basically just take your, your YouTube stuff. You don't have to upload things twice. Library will do the rest of the work. That, uh, that's right. Um, we will. Um, I, and here, here's the problem. And I, I totally support the idea of content safe. I think what they're doing is, is great. And I think it makes, it's a service that makes a lot of sense to, to use. Um, but the, one of the things I've seen on the other side of this is, is, is what I've watched creators either, lose their audiences or creators. Some creators have made a, a, a purpose of building their audience up on library. Like I think James, James Corbett would be an example. I think he's at like 60,000 subscribers on, on, on uh, followers on Odyssey. Um, he, the, 
a big difference is whether is what you do. It's with the one that you choose to talk about, the one that you choose to, and you can say multiple ones. Sticks would be an example of a creator. He's like, he like rotates. He does one every day. But the reason, a reason that people leave will be because you are suggesting that they do, or you're mentioning that these alternatives, because your audience trusts you, your audience looks to you. And so when you go and you say, Hey, this is better for me, or I think this, or I think this is the future, you know, because you're talking about these problems. They're now, you know, and your audience is, is waking up and you're, they're, they're becoming aware of it, but they now need some guidance on, well, what, you know, what do I do? And, and also if you tell someone, well, use any of these four, you know, then now what they, they've got to do all of the, the research. So um, I do think it's, it's smart to, to hedge your bets, to spread your content around. I totally endorse that as a strategy, but if your audience is looking to get somewhere else, like you kind of do need to offer some guidance and say, Hey, like the, I'm going to be on these other ones, but like, this is the one that, you know, this is the one that I think is, you know, this, I'm suggesting this one. It makes it more people will come over if you say try X than if you say try X, Y, Z or W, you know? Yeah, I, I got a question. I, I kind of coming back to the the whole like storage and everything uh, for you know the future when you look at you know Facebook, uh, Amazon, uh, and uh, all these big companies. They have mass amounts of data centers everywhere. You know, uh, they're spread out everywhere. What is your uh, what is the plans you know for future and and how are you going to protect your content from you know rogue club platforms and you, so on you if know, you're using on, them to be able side. to you know protect it and yeah. On our side, one thing we're planning to offer in the near term is uh, offline storage to all of our content creators. So both uh, hard disk or tape drive backups, we can do those to whatever level of redundancy anyone need, wants to do. Actually, I, I actively engage with the content creating world because they have lots of good ideas about what they think would be good approaches to securing their content. It was even Sticks and Hammer uh, that brought up the idea that uh, tape drives are probably the best way to go. <laughs> it's the cheapest per terabyte anyway, right? And we're adopting that strategy. Uh, you know, every platform, it kind of makes sense for a library or BitChute to pull things from YouTube to their platform. That's wonderful. Uh, I, I do think that philosophically, uh, I don't want to herd everybody on to say Rockfin or Library or Float. That philosophically doesn't work for me. I would rather move them out into a variety of audiences. I recognize that there's a practical marketing hurdle there perhaps, but from a uh, standpoint of securing your content, being being sure that you're going to be reached. That's why Content Safe also tries to go that one step further and say, how can we help you with staying in touch with your 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 um, <clears throat> your your subscribers? Yeah, as a content, content producer, the audience that I, like if I put out the podcast last night, that some people will watch it on YouTube, some are going to watch it on BitChute, some are going to watch it on Library. They'll watch it on Library because if they lose their connection, it's it holds the place. They might watch it on BitChute because they could fast forward 10 seconds at a time, these sort of things. So I just try to give options so that the audience has, wherever they like to watch it, there's an outpost that we're publishing to. As I said, like there are so many platforms out there now. I mean, hundreds, hundreds. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the thing with us is, you know, I 
we are a bunch of different social medias mixed into one. Um, you know, like we have so many different capabilities and it's difficult to tell people like, oh, we're a YouTube computer, uh, YouTube competitor. We also have like a crypto Patreon model, you know, like it's very confusing. People are just like, what are you, um, you know, to, to everybody's point, uh, something that we actually did on float, which is my favorite, uh, feature <laughs> and it's so, so small and minute, but if you actually go on a float profile, you can look in the header and there are clickable um, clickable little icons. And we actually have linked a ton of different, uh, social platforms. So like we have Apple music, BitChute, cash app, D live, D tube, Facebook, Gab, hive, LinkedIn, Mastodon, median, <clears throat> MeWe, minds, parlor, Patreon, PayPal, Reddit, SoundCloud, live, oh, you know, only thing I don't think we have on there is, uh, Odyssey which we do need to get on. But yeah, I mean libraries it's we're we're we are trying to get people to just link Odyssey on the on the web now instead of the the library.tv link. Uh yeah. but uh, you so know we'll add that. I'll get it on my dev my yeah. dev priority list this you week. You don't you don't need to do both. Just replace the just replace the the library, the, the library. The, the. But I love I love that it kind of just gives everyone, you know, like your social channels on your profile right in your header. So it's like the first thing that you see and all you have to do is just click this link and it brings you to your Odyssey, this link, and it brings you to your YouTube. Um, it's just, it's such a small little feature, but I feel like it, it has such a big impact because it kind of collectively just puts all of your data and all of your uh, accounts in one place where people can easily find your content. Yeah, that's really smart. I'm, I'm just about out of time. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go. Uh, but it was really great to, to it was great be, getting a chance to, to talk everyone. to you, Jeremy. Yeah, it was yeah. great. Jeremy. And uh, we're, you, Jeremy. Our, our team is very open. We're very available. So if you have questions, you're welcome to follow up with me, uh, me personally, uh, or anyone at our at our company. That's another thing we're we're trying to do differently is there are real humans you can you can talk to around here. So uh, uh, cheers. And uh, it's, it's great to um, it's great to meet all of you. And it feels like we're really doing something here that that can work. Uh, and so it's it's an encouraging call. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks, Jeremy. Appreciate it. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Great Thanks, job, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> and just just to say on the heels of what Jeremy just said, that I look at every single one of my content creators as being someone I want to know as much as possible. Uh, I want to understand what your problems are. I want I want to be able to offer to you solutions, ways to manage your problems. Uh, I, that's the way I look at business in general. I, I have businesses other than content safe. This is not uh, my primary thing. So, uh, but it is my passion. So I want to be able to get to know all of you that come on board. Same. Well, I'm interested in sitting down and talk to you. So yeah, man, this has been a great show so far. And, you know, to have everybody here from all these different websites, be able to talk, it's, it's, been pretty historic to me and i think it's great to know that you all kind of want to work together in the capacity you know obviously everybody wants to make their business thrive and there's nothing wrong with that but you know any kind of way you guys can work together to push back because the more free open market uh it is there is the uh the the harder it is for them to censor all of us so Mm -hmm. I think we there's strength in numbers. Even if you guys are competing uh, for clicks and views, working together is a lot better than banging with each other. And well, just, there's no you know, need. I mean, there's plenty of market share, right? So like, absolutely, we, don't, we, don't need, we all don't need to be the the 
next Facebook. You know, like that's just greedy. There's plenty of market share out there. We don't need to be the next YouTube. Like we just need to be able to be a place, be a beacon of hope in these really dark, dark times where people can, you know, we all have different features and different things that we offer. So let the people like really just go to different platforms. We'll help each other as much as we can and kind of co co market each other. Um, mm-hmm. But let people find a home that feels good to them. You know? that's, what, that's what we've been doing as creators. I mean, we've all shared shows. We all share content, even though we kind of would technically compete with each other. We've been very good at collaborating all along. I mean, I felt welcome in the podcast YouTube community the whole time. I mean, it's been fantastic. Collaborating with the competition every day. All my day. opinion is that this is the most unique form of capitalism ever because yeah, you, you know, you have to, you basically have to earn your living, right? But it's like, we can all earn a living. It's not like for the first time ever, we we're not like stores competing against each other. We can actually all lift each other up and we mm-hmm. can all make a good living while still living in a, in a capitalistic system, which is, you know, you get your, you, you get your customers to enjoy your product and, and, uh, you know, purchase it. So well, I think it's the most unique thing I've ever, it's like, it's like nothing building. ever before. Yeah. We're it's true capitalism. Years. Can I, right. uh, can I, I want to talk to you what Matthew uh, spoke about, I don't know, a half hour ago, about building a search engine across all the different kind of platforms, if that's even possible. One of, one of the things why I liked YouTube initially was that it allowed uh, small uh, creators to get promoted through its recommendation algorithm, which they had since tweaked to oblivion where it's impossible for that to ever happen again. So if it's mm-hmm. possible to create a new recommendation algorithm, I know it is, I know it's possible it that is. it actually works. That we can use, awesome. That's why TikTok is so successful right now, is because it it has that that old recommendation algorithm that YouTube once has, and has been hacked to oblivion at this point. Well, it's all about data, man. It's all about data indexing and algorithms. A lot of this stuff is open source, academic work. It's on GitHub. It's on GitLab. We can avail of this stuff. And we can aggregate data right now. The data is freely flowing. I'll help you. Right? Uh, Sure. And by the way, the new architecture is pure Python. Hey, I'm on on board. Hey, I love it. Mm -hmm. Let me just say this, too, about recommendations and algorithms. Because, you know, you guys just talked about it being true capitalism. No, it's fucking not. No, it is not. It is not even fucking close to true capitalism if they can come out and brag on CNN that they've reduced my traffic by 80%. Yeah, but what I mean by that, Jamie, is that no, we're not, I get it we're totally. not, we don't, like, I don't have to win and you have to lose. It's no, like, I, I get that part of win. it. But you do understand that YouTube last week on the 18th decided that even if they demonetize me, they can monetize my content and steal all my money, right? That's not mm-hmm. true capitalism. They've actually put that into play in their terms of service that if you're not yeah. a partner program, they can still monetize your content. Now, let me say this. That's technology that is enslaving us through censorship. Rockfin to right. me is the technology that is empowering us through telling my audience about this. So they may not have all the algorithms built down, but they can see that my audience actually watches my stuff, that I am gaining subscribers, et cetera. And they're helping me out by putting out emails to people that are on that platform to watch my stuff. I love that. Live. Yeah, I love that. Great. I think that's huge. Yeah, I, I can't thank them enough. No one's doing that for me at big tech. Google would piss in my mouth sooner. Trust oh. me. It would never happen. 
Hey, so we're all in the weird shit. <laughs> yeah, library library also does that, which is great. So, oh, awesome! Yeah, oh, it's a fantastic feature. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, Jamie, um, I just why don't you explain to people why your platform is going to work? Because I don't think people understand that small time approach of finding niche audiences and bringing them in slowly. I think it, there's a lot to be said for that. Uh, because we're creator focused. Mainly what that means is, you know, I said it, right? Our mission is to be the best place to monetize content. And uh, to do that, who needs to get paid the best is the creator. You guys are the suppliers of the content. Without you, there's no network. And the problem that digital networks have, have basically squeezed creators is that when network effects take hold, meaning that you know, they get stronger and stronger as more people uh, join the platform and therefore it becomes a better product. What happens is that their gains are exponential while the creator gains are linear. And that keeps getting that gap get, getting bigger and bigger as the network grows. So by us mainly uh, having the creators be part of the growth of the network, that's one of the big reasons why when you joined the ray token was i don't know 30 cents and the platform basically grew grew like fivefold uh in in a few months and and now you see that the price of the token is over a dollar and you had the option to say i could cash out at 30 cents or i could cash out at at more than a dollar and so that's that's the payment side like if you're happy you're getting paid then we can build features around uh you know making your experience better but also i think float mentioned not forgetting the user experience right like the user experience has to be intact for us the funnel of how people join and then pay is very important we're looking at that every single day uh the experience of watching videos listening to podcasts just giving user experience good but the number one thing we did you know when we started is hey let's make sure the economic model is solid for the creators because if they're happy they'll invite their friends and their friends will invite their friends and they're part of of the growth of the network Absolutely. That's why you got to get Richard Andrew Grove on there. Tragedy and Hope is a great site. If he's applied, Jamie, you got to get him in there tomorrow, man. He's a big right. cat. They're good over there. Okay. All right. All right. That's such a good point. I was just going to say, that's such a good point. Sorry, Sorry Sam. Quick. Hey, no, you know what? Truezilla, you haven't talked all day. You guys talk. I, I, all right, Sam. Thanks, man. Well, I was just going to say, like, you know, we're, you know, as a society, as a human race, we're so used to just being treated like shit by YouTube. Um, in general, just like, it's just a constant, like one commercial after the next. And it's just like, you know, uh, it's just, we're, we're just beaten down by it, you know? And I think people in order to avoid that, they, they pay the nine, whatever, 99 a month to, for, uh, YouTube premium, right. To avoid, uh, just being treated like that. And so, you know, if you could have a platform where, yeah, I am paying for the content, but, uh, I'm, you know, I would be much more inclined to support something like that rather than just avoid being abused by YouTube, like that's really what you're paying for. It's like extortion or coercion, basically, is to avoid, uh, you know, the mistreatment that you get from these places. So if I could pay instead of that to support a platform like Rockfin, man, I, I mean, that would be, I'd be way more inclined to do that, I think, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, another question for Jamie is, uh, so a lot of us, we po post our audio or, or whatnot 
all over the place on I was going to mention that Spotify, all that stuff. If you're a, a specifically like an audio podcast, yeah. is there a place for you on Rockfin? And also, if you do also do the video thing, but you post it everywhere, how does it work in regards to like, okay, do I have to exclusively take keep it at Rockfin and not be able to post it anywhere else? How does that all work if you're, you know, because like myself, I mean, I, I have a small presence on some of the video platforms, but it's not a huge presence. The majority of my listeners are listeners. You know, they just listen to it on iTunes, Spotify or whatnot. So would would there be a way of doing both or would we have to exclusively be on Rockfin? Uh, so th that's a great question. The answer is that creators do whatever they want to do. It's their content. We don't own any content. You want to put it in 10 different places, you can. We don't, we don't put rules on you to say, hey, you can't put that there. You know, one, once you're in, um, it's your content and you can do whatever you want. Now, we realize that to be the best place to monetize content, a subscription so far has worked really well. But there are people that, that want to put the free content. And uh, good news is that probably late this week, we're going to launch uh, tipping, which is kind of the equivalent of a super chat. So that's another way to monetize your content without necessarily being behind a paywall. But to answer your question, uh, there's, there's, it's really the, the creator decides whether this piece of content goes behind the paywall, in front of the paywall, whether it goes into 10 different platforms or just on Rockfin. It's really up to the creator and they will test different strategies to monetize and see which one works best. So um, that's that's decided. It's not by and, us. And, and let me jump in really quick because Whitney Webb has done a great job of doing everything you were just talking about, Ricky. So in other words, it's not just podcasts. Yes, there's a spot for podcasts there. So if you're just a podcaster, you can have your audio podcast video platform. Obviously there. That's why I'm there. You can put articles in there. And then what else is nice? is it kind of has a thread feature called a stack. So if you have a certain thing, so in other words, Mike Cernovich is on there and you know, Mike likes to sell a lot of his plans, right? So instead of being a Patreon subscriber to Mike, if you buy Rockfin, you not only get my content, you get everybody's, but Mike will have one of his like power courses in a stack for you to go through. They've done a really it's like good a job. playlist. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I remember they were called stacks for a while, but you could put. They are stacks. We still we oh. still call them stacks, but they but the equivalent of a you know for you guys that are on YouTube is the equivalent of creating a playlist essentially. Yeah. Except for it doesn't necessarily have to be all video content. Now, what I've done right. he, there, which I think is also important, is I've started to do exclusives 11 a.m. Monday through Friday. So I go live there. I'm not live on any platform. I'm free for 24 plus hours. This is also what's nice about it. So I get my audience to come in. They come watch me. I decide what's a little too spicy for YouTube. I keep that there. I maybe cut two clips out or whatever, and I put that on YouTube. I premiere that stuff. But that lives there free for 24 hours. So I tell people, hey, go check this out. You can join us live. That brings people in to follow. Then after 24, 36 hours, I then put it behind the paywall of premium. So if you support me, you now get my archives. Now, some of that stuff is archived on YouTube, but not all of it. I did a 30 plus minute broadcast today there that is going to live on Rockfin. It's still free. So again, people have that motivation because one of the other cool things about Rockfin guys, which is amazing, is that I have a huge email list without having a huge email list. What do I mean? Everybody that makes an account gives up their email. And if they signed on through you, you got that email too. They have unbelievable analytics. Uh, Jamie, you put together the platform, my friend. I can't, I can't talk it up enough. But 
with that, let's say I get caught, cut off of YouTube. Now I can start a MailChimp or whatever, and I can go to all those people that I know are somewhat interested in me. So it's not just clicking. The only thing I could think they could do better is maybe let me embed my player, you know, and that would be awesome. <laughs> but other than that, the embed the player, it, it is fantastic, 100%. So in other words, you want to watch my stuff? Yeah, it's free, but you still got to sign up. So you have those people that you at least know are interested in information beyond what you're getting on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Yeah, well, that's great. Jamie. Oh, sorry. Uh, Jamie, my big, uh, I'm computer stupid. For somebody who's, who lives on the internet, makes his living off the internet, I am dumb when it comes to all the, you know, tech stuff. And uh, I mean, I would love to start live streaming to Rockfin, but that setup seems to be super difficult or maybe it's just, I don't understand we it. We had but. some problems with it too. So, I mean, like there's certain ways like on Patreon, right? I could start on like StreamYard and put a link that allows me to uh, live stream straight to uh, Patreon and nobody else can see it. I, I use YouTube, but there's other, there's other formats. And then I end up pulling the video off of YouTube because it's too racy, but uh, do you think there's any chance of that um, that happening on Float? Because I would love to do content on there and try to get that going, doing live streams. I just, I just can't. I have no clue the stuff that I try to do. And I'm like, okay, I might as well speak Chinese at this point because I really don't know what it, how to do it. A live stream on Float, it's as easy as just copying your stream key and your RTMP key. And yeah, see, that's to me, even I'm just dumb. I can't, I can't find my stream key. I don't even know what my stream key looks like. I can barely find my car key. <laughs> Sam, we'll get you, bro. Me and you will do a we'll five-minute private, and I'll have I'm you just like, it, I would I'll love to. I got I two daughters. I want in on that private. You got yeah, I mean, if my daughters knew how to do all this, I'd be safe, but they're nine months old, uh, and they're taking all my <laughs> cash right now, so I can't, I can't even get a tech guy to do it. Um, so that's Actually, my yeah, J Jason Burmas is our, our live stream expert. We, we go to him to ask him questions about live streaming. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, it's a lot easier, and I, I admit, I'm a kind of a computer dork, but Sam, I'm trying to make it out to California uh, to go give Fitch the rig that I'm running on right now so he can start live streaming soon. If you're still out there in California, not touring, maybe we'll do a thing. We'll set you up as well. It's not that hard. I agree. The next step for Rockfin would to be, you know, a YouTube style app that you don't need, um, whether it be OBS. I use XSplit. That's what I'm using right now for this broadcast um, to, to do that. But I'm, I'm sure that's down the line. That's when it's ultimate, right? When I can take my phone, I can take a little stick like this and I can stream in high definition to everybody at an event. And I'm waiting for that. The, you know, the first app that's letting me do that through a phone without third-party software, I think is also going to have a huge edge in everything we're talking about, especially in this society when there are so many influencers that literally have no tech savvy. They just know how to put their phone in their face, hit record, and for some reason, people find them interesting. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God, yeah, that's a, <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting. I, I think that's a very I, and we've we've had this uh, request before, right? Of like live streaming on the streets, whether it's on a protest or election day or whatnot. So it's definitely something we're working on. Um, we we focus right now on the the a lot of our big events are actually sports sports events. So. We, before the event, we sat, we sit with these people, we make sure it's all good. 
that we're getting the right signal. We walk them through it. Um, make sure they have good internet. That's the number one rule for live streaming. The creator needs to have good internet and, um, and then the setup. But, um, yeah, I think it's a great idea, but we'll walk you through it too. If not, we'll, we'll send you to Burma's and, and we'll help you figure it out. Hey, Graham, I know you had, uh, some questions also. Did, do you have any other questions and, or did that kind of answer it a little bit or? Yeah, it was just the same thing you asked about audio. So it was kind of more not only for Rockfin, but the other platforms like distributing audio only for that. Like I, I agree with Mike, YouTube, the YouTube app is so intuitively functional. It, it's hard to beat that for, you know, I use it to listen to stuff as well, but I, you know, I got to get myself off there personally. And we only use YouTube for the searching and for the few people that watch us live. So mainly everything is audio, similar probably to Truthzilla and Monica and, and Mike. Well, on Float, you can upload uh, like an MP4 file and just upload audio right right to the uh, news feed there. Yeah. Cool. That's it. Yep. That's as simple as that. <laughs> so uh, would that... Now, Jamie, would that or somebody else who's on Rockfin might be able to answer this. Now, if you just basically po post it everywhere, how would that affect your monet you know, monetizing the, the work? Because aren't you basically not exclusive on Rockfin, so why would you be able to participate in the monetizing of the content? Well, Ricky, think about what I do, right? So, like, if you like my stuff, instead of just giving me a $10 super chat or paying me $10 once on Patreon, if you're paying me $10 a month, that means if you missed my show three times last week, I put that behind the paywall. They watch that. Now, let's say, you know, I do the show with John Fitch. John Fitch also on Rockfin. Somebody signs up through Fitch, and Fitch mentions Mixed Martial Mindset, and they decide instead of watching it on YouTube and Twitter, because I can triple stream. I triple stream to Rockfin, YouTube, and Twitter at the same exact time. I could probably quadruple stream without Restream.io. You know, it, it's you know, a rig that's 1200 bucks will do that for you, right? So if you watch that same thing behind a premium wall, it's also going to add towards the Ray tokens on there. And if you're subscribed, you have access to all those archives and the exclusives on top of it. So I, I put out all my stuff all over the place and a lot of it is free. I want people to be able to watch that stuff and be like, awesome. There's creators out there like Richard Medhurst, who I'm a big fan of. I got to get on the show. You should get on this show, Ricky, who gives all of his stuff away for free. You know, I'm trying to get Co uh, Corbett on the, on the uh, Rockfin. I have now for over a year because you can do that. And I think that's good to his model. And if they want to support him, they can still pay $9.99 for Corbett. He just happens to tell you everything's for free and nothing's behind a paywall. I think it is the ultimate platform for you decide how much you want to monetize and how you want to do it. Because at the click of a button, your content is either free or it's not. You can decide at any moment to make something premium or free like that. You know, it's, it's, yeah. Really so it's, get it. yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, like Jason said, it's really up to the creator you know, in, in all honesty, if it's free, well, if it's free on Rockfin, you don't, you don't currently, you don't are unable to monetize it. Now, later this week with tipping, people might be able to send you a super chat, whether it's a video, a live stream, an article or whatnot. But uh, as of right now, you know, it's just a, a strategy of monetization, right? So if, if everything that you put on Patreon, for example, you put it every, everywhere else, what's the carrot that's going to let some like entice somebody to subscribe. Uh, there isn't much, right. But if you give bonus content or whatever, then that's what, that's the carrot. So it's just really a creator strategy on, on best to monetize content. What Jason described is his strategy, right? Um, 
you know, some other people have different strategies. Some other people have, uh, I make this one show sidebar that is, that is exclusively to Rockfin. Some people have, uh, I think the, the Vagabond is starting a series around a specific topic that is exclusive to Rockfin, but everything else that he produces, uh, it's free on Rockfin. So, you know, to answer short answer to your question is, is the strategy that, you know, Jason's been on the platform for a while now. So he's, he's tinkered with different strategy and he's found one that works for him. And he has grown since, since he started doing that strategy. Yeah. And look at Jimmy Dore, right? So Jimmy Dore has taken kind of the same model that he did for YouTube. And what that model is, is he live streams, right? Anybody can tune into Jimmy Dore and it'll be an hour of commercials before it even gets there because he wants the audience there. You can't rewind it. You can't replay it. You either catch it live or you don't. So that whole show goes away. Then he takes his two, three hour show. He puts up 60 minutes worth of clips out of that two, three hour show. But if you're a Patreon member, you have full access. And now if you're a Rockfin member, whether you're signed up for me or anybody else on there, you also have full access to that. So he puts up all those same little clips that he puts up for YouTube for free on that platform and every platform. But if you want to watch the full unedited show that's three or four hours that was streamed live, you're a premium member. I hope that kind of explains the different types of models you can have on that platform. I love it. Hey, guys, I just want to say this has been historically awesome. I'm honored to be a part of this. I unfortunately have to jump. I love this. I want to say Ricky, Mike, Charlie, great job. Ricky, you did a great job booking this. And uh, it was a real honor to be a part of it. And I appreciate everybody. Truthzilla should talk a little less. Not only King, guys, you guys crushed it. And good to see Adam on here. Look who's in the big yeah. leagues now, Adam, yeah. huh? Look, Look at you. At I love guy. it. Listen, man, I just got to say this. I love that, that little, uh, that, that new podcast like Truthzilla. Adam, I don't know you, Schneider, but uh, I'm sure you're a crusher too. And I just love that the Union of the Unwanted has every level of this shit. And I think it's great. And I think that's why this Union of the Unwanted is so special, man. And great things are going to happen. And when I see Truthzilla, who I know those guys started, when they started, I was like, fuck yeah, go for it. Great name. Deborah gets red pilled. I love it, dude. I mean, this is a guy who's been on my Patreon forever and he jumps in all the time. Now he's here on the Union on the Wanted with his own podcast. Like, that's what I'm talking about, man. That's what makes this so special. And it was a real honor to be here. I love everybody here and uh, I look forward to the next one. Thank you guys. Thanks, Thanks Sam. Sam. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Sam. So we just celebrated uh, our uh, six month anniversary and Megan got us uh, socks for the people that inspired us the most. So he got Melissa Floyd socks and I got a pair of Sam Tripoli socks, man. So that's pretty <laughs> yeah, I saw those actually on your Instagram. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, Adam, so do you want to jump in here? Do you have any questions for, uh, for Jamie or for uh, Matt or for, or for anybody else? Um, I'm probably more computer dumb than Sam is, which is hard to believe. But um, yeah, I'm just still amazed that I can like record something on Zoom and and then it appears on iTunes. So I'm just gonna gonna listen for now. If you guys want to talk about like Hillary Clinton fucking kids and wearing their faces later, I'm, I'm I'll be more vocal. <laughs> I think that's the next episode. <laughs> the next oh. week's episode specifically that topic on the next episode. Yep. <laughs> I just want to say that Sam and Jason have been a doing a great job promoting Rockfin and I want to I've been trying to get Josh Sigerson to go on there. Uh I was trying uh, to get Josh too, man. F fucking 
I had trying to drag like a horse. I'm sure Aaron, if she could attest how hard it is to drag that kid to water to do anything, but that's uh, true. I, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try. But I, I had a question for Jamie. What if I were to sign up underneath uh, Jason's link referral link, and I watch Jason's stuff, and I also watch Sam's stuff too? Does Sam get a piece of like the action, or is there like some sort of like pro rata? Like I spent fifty fifty. Like how how does that work in terms of getting other yeah. content creators compensated? Um, we separated in acquisition and retention royalties. So you're nine ninety nine. The first time you sign up, of course, goes to the person you sign up through, hundred percent. And then after that, it starts decreasing. The acquirer has a a uh, hold in the lifetime value of your subscription. So basically, whoever you acquired uh, your subscription gets paid for the lifetime of that subscription, even if they're not consuming them. And then the rest is split up by uh, your behavior, who you watch. Um, uh, and split up based on on who you watch. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, I know that, that totally makes sense. And I've got to run, but you know, thank you everyone for everything that you've done. And I, I want to get in touch with uh, Jamie at some point to talk about getting on Rockfin. But uh, anyways, thank you so much for everyone, and thank you, Ricky, for. I got to run too. I just want to say that uh, that Jason explained it very well, Rockfin, because uh, Jamie was very kind enough to talk with me about Rockfin. I just couldn't pull the trigger on it at that point in time. But I'm thinking like 2021 is a a good time to do that. Uh, Jason explained it very well. Like he, I, I thought about it in a new way, and uh, Sam was kind enough to to speak for me to get over there on Rockfin. And I, I think it's time. I think it's time to do it. I think they offer a good good platform. The UI is amazing, and being able to stream there live, uh, I think I can figure that out. Maybe I could help Sam, but I can figure it out. <laughs> I gotta jump too, guys. I appreciate all the compliments. We we recognize we still have a lot of work to do, uh, but. Uh, at the same time, we're happy, very excited where we are and excited for the future. And, and, you know, let and me shout you. out to Jamie, too, because he actually was a big fan of the original Union of the Unwanted podcast. The very first it. one you did, I posted it over on Rockfin in two parts, and Jamie got at right. me afterwards. He said, dude, this was awesome. Uh, it gave us so much insight on how we can grow our platform. And it was back then you know, that there was first talking about a super chat mechanism and I got to tell you, my nipples are super hard just thinking about it next week, Jamie. I can't wait. Let's get it going. I love it. And uh, keep it up, brother. So we got a fan on the podcast. I love it. Awesome. Yeah. No, yeah. I definitely joined that union. They wanted looking for, hey, what are, what are these guys talking about? What do they need? Uh, that's definitely the best product research I've done. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's the idea of this show is kind of just bring people together and just you know, cross pollinating and helping each other and creating a community. And I'm a fan. I mean, I've talked to all you guys, all, you know, I've talked to uh, Kinsley. I've talked to uh, Jamie. I've talked to Matthew. I've talked to all these alternative uh, platforms, except BitChute. So fuck them. I'm kidding. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> and, uh, but uh, you know, it is, it is one of those things where, where like, I, I, I'm so hopeful for the future because like you guys actually care about the content and the, you know, the, the creators, and, and and you know and see the censorship issue as an issue also. So I like it's it's help it's helpful for us to like be like okay like the person behind the platform or the person behind you know creating this or, or making the decisions actually does they, they care they care and they're and in some cases are fans of the content creators. So uh, you know I think it, it's awesome. It makes me feel much more willing to want to go help 
the platforms and, and, and invest in the platforms and, and promote the platforms. You know, I mean, I'm, I hope that this show helps promote some of the platforms and maybe even answer some questions that some listeners have about these platforms uh, before they jumped over. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just doing my part in helping. I just got to stop promoting and actually join. The well, let's now. mention them one more time. So we had uh, we had Odyssey on as o d y s e e dot com, uh, and you have contentsafe.co. Uh, we also have a rockfin dot com on and float dot app. F l o t e. Yep. Dot app. Hey, I got a quick right. question for Jamie if he's still here. I can't see if he's still. I'm here. still here. All right. So uh, I'm still in the queue, and if you have to evaluate my content. The, the best sample is from last night, grandtheftworld.com, and it's episode four. And if you like what you see and you want that type of live streamy content with references and, and footnotes, then, uh, yeah, I'm interested. Email, email, email me again. Like we five times to say it. Email Not me again. Time. Email me again. Email me again. Um, and email me directly at uh, creators at rockfin.com. I'll just do a Twitter to both get, you guys. A, <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll, t- I'll tweet you both in. Yeah, yeah, I'll tweet you, you both in. Jamie's been super responsive about that. We just got Jamie Deluxe on the platform. We got to get Jamie Deluxe on. We've had Jamie Deluxe on this once. once yeah, he, yeah. On, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We just can't get have him and you and Whitney Webb because then there's too many F-bombs. <laughs> we just have to <laughs> minimize. Hey, guys, I appreciate shit. the time. Later, Jamie. Thanks again, Thank brother. You. Jamie, thanks yeah. for the time. Yeah, Jamie, it. we'll be in touch. I got to run to you guys. I have just a very overdeveloped puppy here who is chewing on it. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Aaron. Anybody else? I think we're winding down the show anyway, so that's all good. Mr. Snyder. Good meeting. Mr. Robertson, anybody want to, any last thoughts? Any any, uh, feedback on... Well, it's, a, it's a real education for me because I'm I'm I went to the Sam Tripoli Technical Institute <laughs> and graduated with uh, full honors. Uh, so I know nothing. So this is just a big eye-opening um, experience for me. I mean, I'm familiar with the platforms, but as far as how they all work and what differentiates one from the other is something that I'm, I'm really not clear on. And I'm sure there are a lot of people out there like me that are able to listen to this and then they'll be able to. Uh, make decisions on where they want to be and maybe they want to be everywhere maybe the maybe the plan is be everywhere so that it's impossible for them to take you down and um so thanks guys everyone that that came on and and gave these detailed explanations about how the technology works it's we're in a real pivotal time you know they're trying to silence anybody that's talking about really important things uh for obvious reasons so this it's sort of a now or never uh proposition for us as far as getting this information out well said, Charlie. Oh, thank you. Mr. Snyder, nothing, huh? You're not going to say something. I don't know, man. I mean, like, I, it's one of those things where I was just enjoying kind of like listening to everyone else talk about it because my perspective on it comes from a very different background, which is like filmmaking. In filmmaking, you don't get censored so much as you never get anything but censored. And so to give you an example of kind of like what that's like, take the MPAA, one of their... Uh, the people on their advisory board who appeals NC-17 uh, rating decisions, that's a priest. So you have like uh, religion looming over the censorship model as it applies to what rating something does or does not get. If you want to be included, uh, say you have a film that comes out and you want someone to give 
uh, a film review. It has to premiere at certain venues within a, a certain uh, like city or municipality in order to qualify for whether or not it makes it into the paper. So censorship, in my perspective, uh, coming out of my world, it's something that's like an integral part of creating a social environment that then paves the way to festivals, which themselves are gatekeepers as well. So it's really interesting to hear all of it from like a completely different realm because we know that these big tech kind of entities were farted out by DARPA in a very broken way, almost by design, such that there was a very brief window of time wherein we were able to avoid censorship and now that's closing. So it's really interesting to see all of this come out of that closing door. Have you seen this film is not yet rated just because you were talking about the censorship and the MPA? I have seen it. I have seen it. Yeah. Big fan of that film. Can't recommend it enough. I actually interviewed Kirby Dick back in the day as well. I encourage people to check it out. That's the last thing I'll say on this union. I'll be on You know, uh, something else I should state is that we've got in the works coming up soon, our own podcast uh, show called Deplatformed. And I really like to have some of you guys on there, especially uh, talking about censorship uh historically uh i think that would be a great topic to talk about for an hour or two awesome fantastic yeah look at adam red pilled deborah gets red pilled adam <laughs> is from deborah gets red pilled so definitely check out that podcast we've actually discussed it i think uh you need you owe truthzilla some uh some some yeah. money because i'm kidding uh because they, they gave you a shout out on one of these uh these shows and then uh obviously richard grove new show you want to you want to let people know where they can get that? It's awesome. He actually all all of us might eventually be on that show at some point because he talks about what the alternative media is discussing and he takes clips from you know everybody's shows and talks about it and uh, and gives everybody some props, which is awesome. I wanted a one stop shop where I could go and find all my favorite creators because they're all getting scattered to the wind. So everybody from Corbis to Ricky Corbett to Ricky to Burmis. Uh, Whitney Webb, Derek Bros, Mark Passio, all on one page, grandtheftworld.com. And then weekly, we do a podcast. So there's a chronological news feed of everyone's productions for the week. So you just can go through there, Luke Radowski. Uh, but we take like the top 10%. Here's the most prolific stories of the week. And we break it down in the podcast and add additional references uh, to what those fine creators already do. So Jason, last night in one of the clips, he mentioned uh, Technopoly. So we got into technocracy at a totalitarian level becomes technopoly, broke out the, the sources and references to educate the audience so that they can talk about it at a realistic level. So uh, it's Freedom United at Grand Theft World. Awesome. Awesome. De definitely check out uh, Conspiracy Synergy, right? That, that you, you are, you're still obviously working on that and you want to let people know where you can get that? Ah, I've, I've broken it into two parts. The first part will be done in like a couple of weeks. I'm going fucking insane. It's like, yeah. Is it, is it conspiracysynergy.com or what, what's the... Yeah, it is. That's uh, that's primarily the website. And it's, uh, um, yo, Adam over at Deborah Guts, Guts Red Pill. I have a very, I have a, like, this is a segue question. Are you ever going to do an episode where you try and get her to explain something to somebody? Because that's kind of one of the the introductory kind of wheels of going through this world is just trying to articulate any of this shit to somebody else. You know what I mean? Is that going to be an episode? I'm curious. Yeah. Um, one of her, she has one friend who's like listening with an open mind. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to have her go back and I'm going to have her on and have her do my, my job. And I'm just going to sit there and laugh. That's awesome. Um, 
Yeah. It's <laughs> such a fun show. I've been a guest on the show. It's Same such here. a great show. It's such a great concept. We it's had such awesome. a good time. And when I got done, I felt so bad. Poor Deborah was like, oh, what <laughs> okay. hurts. Was like, that was my favorite part about brain. it. I'm about sorry, halfway through the episode. Man. People got to have to check that out. That is that it's a great show. And Truthzilla, my friends at Truthzilla, I will see you in two days. Yeah, can't wait, man. I gotta get out of here, Matthew. I'm curious about looking at the the code repo. If it's Python, I want to take a look. So I'll uh, I'll email your I think one of your uh, coworkers, Owen. I talk with him. Nice guy. So Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He mentioned that you guys had a great conversation. uh, If you want to schedule, I got a Calendly link in there in chat. Uh, Drop me an email. Cool. Either, either one. Love to. I love talking to you guys. I will see you guys Thanks. in like two Bye. weeks or so. Yeah. Thanks again. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks everybody. Yep.